Welcome to another episode of The Bandage Podcast, a weekly wrap-up of the most trending healthcare news. Each week, join me and my co-host, Alex Ross, as we'll discuss the latest in healthcare, health IT, and compliance. In this week's episode, we discuss how the time change can affect mental health, using social media for supporting health, and a depression monitoring tool that helps your health. Let's wrap things up. This is episode 58 for the week of November 9th. I'm Matt Moneypenny. And I'm Alex Ross. Before we get started, our diagnosis code for this week is W19.XXXA. Unspecified fall, initial encounter. You know, interestingly enough, this happened to me this week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there are some circumstances surrounding this fall. Um, right. Not but autumn. I'm, but I'm not going to tell you. Because that would be specifying, right? So, correct. You know, there was there was just a fall. Yes, you got to keep happened. it very ambiguous. Once, you know, the first time, so that's exactly what happened. Right? Yeah, a fall. Yep. It hurt. Not that's like, all I can tell you. Not like if I tell you more, then it won't be this diagnosis code. <laughs> not like an unspecified <laughs> autumn. We're not like British. It's unspecified fall. Uh ha ha ha. ha. What does get right to the news right away? Oh my goodness. First up, we have feeling sad about the time change. The clock shifted back this week for most states, which meant an extra hour of sleep. While you might not notice any physical changes since the time switch, people will soon feel psychological impacts from seasonal affective disorder, also known as SAD. This is a form of depression which occurs from less exposure to sunlight during the fall and winter. Signs include a more negative mood, becoming short-tempered, and avoiding your normal contact. Possible treatment options include light therapy or shining a full-spectrum light near you for 30 minutes each day. In some cases, antidepressants are necessary. I'll tell you, I've actually got a lamp on my desk with a full-spectrum bulb. Ah. And it, it wasn't specifically for this purpose. I just like the way a full-spectrum bulb looks. Right, right. Um, and like when I'm people. in my office staring at a computer screen for eight hours a day, got this little lamp on. And I don't know, maybe it helps. Maybe I should I draw think, a little smiley face on it. I think go. that would really seal the deal. That would probably make things very happy for you. You'd be like, wow, this is my normal contact. I wonder if, <laughs> you know, now this probably wouldn't be seasonal, but because of the pandemic, people aren't getting their normal contact regardless. So I wonder if seasonal affective disorder will be down this year because people are already used to not having contact with other people since it's been like 10 months. No, I think we're going to go the other direction. Mm, mm, I think people mm -hmm. are already in a worse position. Like, we're starting from lower than usual. Yes. And seasonal affective disorder is just going to dogpile on top of that and make it even worse. I could see that, too. I could see that, too. I know that, for me, I kind of want to build a sunroom on my house just so that I can go outside during the winter. There you go. I think that's a good idea. I'm going to make a human-sized gerbil ball. And just roll around. I mean, that's an option too. But and it be it'll be heated to too, warm. so like I'll stay warm, and there'll be a full Got spectrum it. bulb in there, Got so I'll, ha I'll be always very happy, and where I won't exactly have to worry about you planning to. Where exactly would you put a heater in a gerbil ball? Uh, I haven't really thought about the ingenuity behind it yet, but it's just you know it's in the prototype I'm phase. Thinking, so I'm, I'm thinking a heater backpack. That way, it doesn't have to be mounted to anything. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. Or I could just mount it to it and it'll just, I could potentially step on it and burn my feet. Next up, let's have a virtual meal together. 
A TikTok user, Sarah Sodak, is helping encourage people who struggle with mental health. Her Let's Eat Together video has gone viral for its uplifting message. She says, quote, If you ever have a hard time sitting yourself down for a meal, let's have a meal together, and then gently talks people through starting their meal. Eating can be an extremely challenging task for people who struggle with mental health and eating disorders, but Sarah's gentle and cheerful voice helps get them through this. Around 9% of people are affected by eating disorders. Psychologists even say that providing support through meals is crucial for those recovering from an eating disorder. Now, this might sound like a new concept to United States uh, citizens, but this has actually been going around in, in Korea for quite some time already, and the concept is called mukbang, where essentially it is exactly what this TikTok is all about, which they record themselves eating a meal, um, and they encourage others to eat the meal with them, so then it feels like you're actually eating together. And the crazy thing is, is that Obviously, this is a TikToker and you don't know this person, but people have probably already been doing this without even realizing it be, during quarantine specifically with like their family during like Easter and things like that. So interesting concept. Certainly. I don't know how much you can fit into a 60 second uh, video format. That's true. It, but I, I would guess that she's probably trying to drive traffic to other sources, but mm -hmm. or she could just go live. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? She, her TikTok could be like, hey, I'm about to eat this really awesome meal. Here's how you make it. Here's a recipe for making it. Make it. You have an hour and I'll be live eating this meal <laughs> with you. That is an option. Yeah, right. We could just do live streams together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> could we, could, you know, maybe. I like the concept of this. I, I've been finding a lot of really creative content on TikTok that is just not... Not necessarily targeted at helping mental health, but just offering a respite from your day-to-day -day activities. Yeah. Um, for example, I found one user who is telling this really cool story where they are on an alien planet and they don't know how they got there and they're trying to explore it and figure stuff out. Right. Um, and it's just the coolest concept if you just suspend your disbelief for a minute and pretend it's real. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's TikTok, so much really cool things going on. TikTok was really popular before, but it really got mainstream once the pandemic hit. So it's mm -hmm. kind of exploding with content right now. And it's kind of interesting to see how it has an effect on our society. Right. Next up, Alphabet Soup for Your Mind. Alphabet's experimental research group has been working on a project to monitor symptoms of depression. Alphabet is relying on a technology that measures patterns of electrical activity in the brain. The company has developed a new brain monitoring hardware which resembles a multicolored swim cap. Alphabet plans to make the technology available to the broader mental health community by publishing the code behind its hardware and software designs. The project initially focused on diagnosing depression and anxiety, but is now focusing on using the technology for ongoing monitoring. It's meant to capture how patients are doing between their visits and even predict a future episode of depression. Maybe I'm misunderstanding this concept, but I can't see myself wearing a multicolored swim cap around every day for ongoing monitoring. <laughs> Maybe right? if they made it look like a baseball hat with different exactly. designs That's on it. That's what we need. But, <laughs> I mean, could you imagine walking around in broad daylight with the swim cap on and people being like, what? This is... What is going in, on In, like, here? normal clothes, like, not in, like, a bathing suit. They're just like, what right, is this Right, in guy the middle doing? of winter. In the middle of winter, no less. Yeah, I mean, granted, it's a it's it's a prototype like kind of project that's coming up, so maybe they're just using this now as something to, uh, like right. We got to prove that the technology 
of the sensors is going to work before we invest the time into trying to make it look it, cool. And, it's and let definitely me just tell not you, a fashion statement. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. It is not. Let it, me just tell you, though, Google Alphabet. Alphabet is Google's parent company, right? Mm-hmm. Google does not have a good track record of making cool technology fashionable. That's true. Does anyone remember Google Glass? Yes. Beautiful, right? Yeah, right. You think about looking. that, you're like, wow, the pinnacle of fashion. That person looked like <laughs> sweet. <laughs> exactly. You would see that person walking down the street and you would probably kick them as you walked past because they're such a dweeb. Right? <laughs> <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of Google and I really actually wanted a pair of Google glasses. I was prepared to accept people kicking me in order to get my glasses. <laughs> Got a couple knee pads but... <laughs> ready with my order. Right. But even I recognize that there are limits to fashion and what people are going to do. And if people aren't going to wear it, then it's not going to help them. So that's what I'm saying. Google needs to, Alphabet, sorry, needs to find some friends who are better at designing than them before they try to take this to market. Yeah. And I mean, maybe this ends up being something where you wear it at night, which I could see more plausible. But yeah, that that would make sense. It definitely looks goofy. And I feel like if I had a spouse who had this, I'd be like, what? (laughs) What are you doing right now? It would definitely take me a while to get used to. Now, obviously, the concept is great because it deals with diagnosing depression and that needs to be uh, addressed. And mental health is is um, a problem. But I mean, all things aside, it's it's kind of goofy looking, and we can't get past that. Obviously, in this right. section, the segment, so right. And and to be fair, they are using a technology called EEG that's been around for a very very long time. Yeah. It's not a new thing that just came up. Um, but they are taking it a step further and creating a new use for that technology that really wasn't there before. Yeah. Right. So that is a really cool part, and I hope that if anything comes to the research, it's going to be a better understanding and a better idea of how to use these technologies for things like monitoring depression or anxiety. Mm-hmm. With that, let's go into our next segment. B-R-E-A-C-H. Breach Patrol. It's a breach! All of the latest cybersecurity breaches. Welcome to Breach Patrol. We talk about the latest breaches all across the world. First up, instead of stealing the store's groceries, we could steal its stored data. Singapore-based Lazada Group, an e-commerce company owned by tech giant Alibaba Group Holdings, disclosed a breach affecting 1.1 million users. All users were part of the Redmart database, the company's online Singapore grocery platform. The breach occurred on a third-party server used exclusively to store Redmart's user information. It exposed email addresses, phone numbers, encrypted passwords, and partial credit card numbers. Lazada claimed that the information affected was over 18 months out of date because the Redmart platform was decommissioned in March 2019. It also said that the access to the stolen data has been blocked and all affected users were signed out of their accounts and asked to reset their passwords. The breach is being investigated and local police have been notified. Now, call me old-fashioned. Okay, now Redmart is an app that is online grocery shopping and delivery in Singapore, right? And in the United States, we have something like that as, as well. Delivery is like a huge thing right now. It's kind of like a couple of years ago, the whole, oh, there was a big breakfast craze going on in um, 
restaurants and stuff. Now it's delivery. Like that's like the big. Right. Right. So call me old fashioned, but I just don't see. I, I, I don't see the point in spending an extra amount of money to get it delivered. Like I understand, like it makes sense for someone who like, who maybe can't going to the, going to the grocery store is hard for them because I mean, maybe they're handicapped or something like that. That makes sense. But I'm never, ever probably going to buy something or spend money on something like this where it's like, I'm going to shop for you and you're going to pay me a tip and then I'm going to deliver it to you and you're going to add on an extra $20. (laughs) I just can't, I can't see it. You know what I mean? So it definitely sucks that, that there was a breach for something like this, but I'd rather just go to the grocery store myself is my point. (laughs) Yeah, I can definitely get behind that. I'm, I'm one of those people who likes to shop for myself and I, I will, you know, not naming names, but I have had some negative experiences with my grocery order before where they substituted like I wanted barbecue potato chips and got, I don't know sour cream and onion mm. and i was just oh, like no nope. deal breaker <laughs> we're never we're never doing this again i know i said substitutions are okay but that one just doesn't make sense <laughs> i mean come on at least give me the cheddar and sour cream ones dang it right get me something close yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a deal breaker and i just imagine like reviewing because i'm i don't know how these work because i've never done it but if it's by like maybe maybe there's like a roster of people who shop for you and you choose one that's like not that great <laughs> and you review it like this guy gave me sour cream and onion chips instead of barbecue chips two stars out of five it's like oh my goodness this is what life is right now <laughs> reviewing right. people based on their <laughs> substitutions of potato chips <laughs> mm-hmm. next up we have does my insurance cover leaking my data one of sweden's largest private insurers Volksum Group accidentally allowed some of the world's biggest tech companies to gain access to private data. The breach affected up to 1 million clients. Volksum Group shared client data with Facebook, Google, Microsoft, LinkedIn, and Adobe when it was trying to analyze and give clients customized offers. The firm discovered the breach after an internal audit. It said that it immediately stopped sharing the personal information and requested that it be deleted. Some data may be sensitive, such as information revealing union membership and pregnancy insurance. There's currently no indication that the information has been improperly used by the third parties. It sounds like a lot of this data is the kind of stuff that you might be able to find through other ways. Not to mention they're going to companies that probably already have the data anyways. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I can't imagine that Facebook, Google, Microsoft, LinkedIn, and Adobe don't already have that information. Maybe Adobe doesn't because Adobe doesn't really, they're kind of more niche than not like a social media. Um, (laughs) But... It's kind of like, well, they're probably like, they probably got this, this company has probably got this data and was like, yeah, okay, we already have this. So we're just going to wait until this company figures it out. Right. (laughs) Right. Now, if they don't and they actually ended up using that data, that's a big problem. But the reality is, is a lot of these companies that deal with social media and when you're the product, they already try to figure out all the information they can on you and Odds are they probably already have this data in some way, shape, or form, whether legally or illegally sourced. Absolutely. And and this is not one of those breaches that seems to be, oh no, the world's going to end kind of thing, yeah. unfortunately. It, it, unfortunately, I say, because they do have so much data about so many different people. Um, definitely, you know, not something that should have been shared, 
And Folksome Group is going to have to answer for that. But overall, this may be like best case scenario for possible breaches. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, it's definitely something that you have to fix as a company, but Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, not that big of a deal. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So just an interesting, an interesting story for sure. And that's it for this week's wrap up of your weekly healthcare news. I'm Alex Ross. And I'm Matt Moneypenny. And we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of The Bandage. This week's episode was written and produced by eTactics. eTactics is a leading revenue cycle solutions organization committed to providing innovative, web-based solutions that improve our clients' cash management and customer relationships. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.